Hello, everyone. We're continuing to read this week from Hope on a Tightrope by Cornell West. I found this in some of my things and figured this would be a good time to read it. He's running for president, but Cornell West is always good to read and go through. This chapter, I did a chapter on um, crisis. This chapter is courage. I think I'm going to do freedom because I think we need to know what freedom is. A lot of people run around that think they're free or believe that they're free, not think because they thought they know. Or pretending like they're free. Maybe they know they're not, but they're pretending like it. And sometimes you pretend long enough, you lose track of what's real. But today we're going to talk about courage. It takes courage to interrogate yourself. It takes courage to look in the mirror and see past your reflection to who you really are when you take off the mask. When you're not performing the same old routines and social roles, it takes courage to ask, how did I become so well adjusted to injustice? It takes courage to cut against the grain and become non-conformist. It takes courage to wake up and stay awake instead of engaging in complacent slumber. It takes courage to shatter conformity and cowardice. The courage to love truth is one of the preconditions to thinking critically. Thinking for oneself is based on a particular kind of courage in which you hold true to all the volumes. Always forget to do the volumes. Let's do this. There we go. Um, thinking for oneself is based on a particular kind of courage in which you hold truth, wisdom, and honesty in high esteem. The reason you want to think for yourself is because you understand that people often are not telling you the truth. That's, that's the truth. Your parents are the first ones to lie to you. When you place a high value on truth, you have to think for yourselves. Or for yourself. Get some water. I usually don't drink out of the container, but it's almost at the end. Uh, if you're unwilling to muster the courage to think critically, then someone will do the thinking for you. Very important. It's very important to understand that. Offering double think. And double talk relief. People will apply a certain kind of pressure to push you into complacency and maybe even cowardice. It's not long before you rationalize. This isn't really me. I don't really think this way, but let's go. As crucial and precious as the intellect is, it can become a refuge that hides and conceals emotional underdevelopment and diminishes your ability to think critically. What we need at this particular moment is to bring together those who are willing to muster the courage to think critically. Look at the basic assumptions of public discourse and critique the way our history is told. When ordinary people wake up, elites begin to tremble in their boots. They can't get away with their abuse. They can't get away with subjugation they can't get away with exploitation. They can't get away 
with domination. It takes courage for folk to stand up. American democracy is great precisely because you have had courageous, compassionate citizens who were willing to sacrifice to think critically and connect with others to ensure that the Bill of Rights has had substance, that working people have had dignity, and that people of color have a status that ought to be affirmed. Think of the courage that went into that. We don't have those people around anymore. And the weird thing is, the ruling class has got us to, we, we know and we're awake, but most of us still don't want to stand up. But it's a weird kind of thing because we can stand up at any moment. We're doing it because we don't, we don't want to, not because we don't know any better. Um, most of us. February... Back to the reading. February is a serious month because we start talking about <clears throat> Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Frederick Douglass, and Martin Luther King Jr. We could talk about these freedom fighters without acknowledging white brothers like Elijah Parrish Lovejoy, an 1834 graduate of the Princeton Theological Seminary. He was shot down like a dog by a pro-slavery mob because of his part in the abolitionist movement. Fighting for a free press, and affirming the Bill of Rights. Lydia Maria Child was a white sister who in 1883 wrote an appeal in favor of that class of Americans called Africans. And in the same spirit as David Walker's Great Appeal. Asian sisters like Grace Lee Boggs. Jewish brothers like Harry Magdorf. Well-to-do white brothers like Paul Sweezy. Brown sisters like Dolores Horta. Brown brothers like Cesar Chavez. Red brothers like Russell Means. I think I read Russell Means' book. We can go on and on. This is what makes the democratic tradition strong. The democratic tradition says what? Whoever will, let them come. I've never been a part of democracy. I've never felt it. I've never been in it. Democracy means... The people get to lobby and decide what we want. And all I've ever seen my whole life is manipulation. And even when people say we want this, the majority, the ruling class does whatever they want. Um, the only time they listen to us is when it still lines up with what they want. Right? And they very rarely listen to us when it doesn't line up with, with what, what they want. I think a weird thing happened in 2020, though, where they wanted to move on. And I think they wanted to push through UBI and all these things, have us work from home. But I think the masses wanted something or enough of them. But I think now the masses are like, no, let's go back to working from home. Just give the other people UBI and let's just go from there. Um, I think that's what you're going to get. It's critical to understand your history and then be true to oneself in such a way that one's connection to the suffering of others is an integral part of understanding yourself. This is a deep problem these days. To be great in our times, 
too often means to have great material prosperity and no moral magnanimity at all. If you don't muster the courage to think critically about your situation, you'll end up living a life of conformity and complacency. You'll lose a very rich tradition that has been bequeathed to you by your foremothers and forefathers. In America, when we talk about a catastrophe, we talk about the indigenous people. We talk about slavery. We talk about women coping with patriarchy and domestic violence. We talk about gay brothers and lesbian sisters being taught to hate themselves. We, we talk about workers crushed by the capitalist elite. It is a view from the bottom up through the lens of the cross. You've got to remember Cornel West is a Christian. He's actually similar to Christ, to the Jesus Christ in the Bible, whether you believe that was a person or not. Cornel West actually is comes close to that type of person, that figure that we read about. He may be one of the only ones I've ever seen who claim to be Christians who actually imitates um, Jesus Christ. The view is too often minority view within the Christian community because it requires too much love, too much courage. Who wants to pay the ultimate cost like Brother Mega Evers? People are too scared. I understand that. I still love them. I affirm Mega Evers' courage because he dared to look at the world through the lens of the cross and pay the ultimate price. Malcolm did it in the Islamic tradition. Martin certainly did it in his tradition. He bore his cross from age 26 until he, he was assassinated at 39. The American empire is just so cross-averse. America denies its night side until it breaks right through. There's no direct reference to slavery in the original U.S. Constitution. That's not just a slight gesture. That's lying. You can't get away with that. You end up fighting a civil war over an institution not invoked in the Constitution. That's a level of denial that's incredibly deep. You think you're innocent, yet you've created a catastrophe right in your midst. You try to sanitize and sterilize it so expertly that you think the funk is not going to hunt you down. But it never works. It is unclear whether, going to, whether we're going to make it. I'm not an optimist at all. Brother Barack Obama says he has the audacity to hope. I say, well, what price are you willing to pay? It's no longer enough to be willing to die. You have to be willing to live the truth. Somehow, you have to be able to walk that tightrope. That's a really good thing because um, dying is easy now. As weird as that is to say, I think a lot of us know the work that needs to be done. And a lot of us are like, just, just kill me. Because a lot of people are just floating through life, waiting to die. And it's a rough situation to be in. Um, I don't know if I've ever felt like that. I do feel like um, my time here was wasted. But never due to, well, I shouldn't say never due to anything I've done, but never due to my lack of effort. Sometimes it was, I didn't effort. 
But most of the times I put forth my effort, did my part, but it just wasted. And I don't think I'm the only one. I think there's a lot of us out here who should have had more, more or better lives. But we did our part and our communities and society just didn't do its part. So, um, <clears throat> there you go. Hope on the tightrope. I'll be back on Friday. And I'm going to read the chapter on freedom. Um, I love this book. Again, it was a gift. I'm the easiest person. Just give me a book, any kind of book. Out the bargain bin is fine. I read a lot of nonfiction, but fiction is fine. You know, novels, short stories, poems. It doesn't matter. You know, I'm a sucker for a book. Um, maybe I should put my information where you can send books if you want to give gifts. Maybe I should do that. I would think about it. Until next time. Oh, 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 and if you want to support the podcast, of course, you links, hit the links, give directly, or become a sponsor. Until next time, take care of yourselves and please be safe.